This episode starts with a discussion about miscarriage. If this is a subject that you think may be difficult for you to listen to, please skip forward to seven minutes and seven seconds into this episode. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast in partnership with Kidney Care UK, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, related chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for topics you would like me to cover, please get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. In today's episode, I am bringing you a kidney warrior story. Now there's always something you can learn from someone's story, something that can bring inspiration and hope. My guest today from Chester, England is Executive Search Consultant Laura Mackay. Laura joins me to share her story of being suddenly diagnosed with kidney failure, the signs and symptoms she experienced, the impact of kidney disease on her family, paying it forward by raising awareness and fundraising for Kidney Care UK, and the lessons she has learned along her kidney warrior journey. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. How are you doing today, Laura? I'm really well, thanks, Dee. How are you? I'm good. I'm really looking forward to our interview today. As everyone knows, and I say it every single time, and I'm going to say it again, I love recording Kidney Warrior Story interviews because, as I've said many times, as I say every time, it is so important to hear someone's story, to learn from their lived experience. And so, yes, I'm looking forward to learning more about your story. So I'm going to start with my first question. And my first question is, how did your kidney warrior journey begin and how were you diagnosed? So I think, I say I think, it started last February. So I I had a miscarriage and I just never really felt well after it. But I could never sort of pinpoint what it was I was feeling. I'd feel really tired and just run down. I felt cold quite a lot, but it wasn't anything significant enough that I ever felt I was going to go and see a doctor about. I had a one-year-old baby, teenage son, we moved house and a busy job and I just put it down to all that. I just thought it was just normal sorts of things, busy life, getting on top. I didn't really sort of connect the dots. After about a couple of months, I remember feeling like I was getting out of breath really easily. And again, I just thought, like I was more embarrassed, I think. I thought, oh gosh, I'm really unfit. And, you know, I was quite a fit person. I did go to the gym and I like walking and and doing exercise. And so I just thought I've let myself go a bit and I'm unfit. I didn't think it was anything sort of serious. There were other like little things. I had a cough that didn't go away. I did see the doctor at that point. I got an inhaler. But again, I didn't tell them about anything else that I've been feeling. And I think that had been going on for maybe four months or so. And I started being sick. And at first it was maybe once a day or maybe every other day. It was sporadic. It wasn't continuous. And I thought, again, like, well, at first I thought maybe I'm pregnant. So I did a pregnancy test that was negative. 
And then I thought maybe I'm coming down with something or I was making up all sorts of reasons not to see a doctor, basically. I didn't want to just bother the doctor and, you know, I was sure it was nothing and I just didn't really, maybe I did connect the dots that there was something wrong at the back of my head, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to, you know, sort of put the pieces together. And then one day I was traveling to work and it's quite a long journey to my office. So it's it's a really early start. But once you're sort of on the road and you've had a coffee, you're fine. But this one morning, I just, I couldn't wake up and I've been on the road for a couple of hours and it was so bad. I had to sleep. I was fast asleep and I, I woke up about half an hour later and I thought, this is weird. This isn't normal, how tired I'm feeling. So I went to work that day. I was in the office. I felt awful the whole day. And then it was the same thing when I left. I had to stop in a service station. As soon as I left the office, all I could think of was I need to find a service station so I can go and sleep in the car for a bit because I was so tired. So I, I knew like there was something really not right then. And then after I had my sleep and I was driving on the motorway on the way back, I was just throwing up the whole journey and I couldn't stop quick enough to be sick. It, it was really bad. But again, I thought this must just be a bug. I'm just going to go to bed and sleep it off for a few days and I'll be okay. And it, it just didn't get better. It was just getting worse and worse. And all I could do was sleep and be sick, sleep and be sick. I was trembling all the time. And my mum rang me. I think it had been going on for about a week. And my mum rang me and said, I think you just need to go to A&E. It's not normal. If it was a bug, you'd have got better by now. There's something not right. So I finished work that night. My partner took me to A&E and that was it. They did some blood tests. And I remember when we got to A&E, they said it was about a 12 hour. It's something crazy. It was a hot summer's day and it was really, really busy. And they said it was about a 12 hour wait. I was triaged quite quickly. They did some blood tests. And then after that, I was seen really quickly. And I thought then, oh, maybe it is a bit serious. And they took me into a room and they just said, your kidney functions at less than 5% and your potassium's really high. So yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think even at the time the penny dropped. I remember thinking when they told me that, like, oh, okay, I might be in hospital for a couple of nights then. But it was a month I was in hospital. I was transferred to a different hospital. They did a biopsy on my kidneys and found it was a, an autoimmune disease called vasculitis that had caused the kidney failure. I had a horrible time in hospital. I had to be put in a coma. So I had a hemorrhage on my lungs. I couldn't breathe. I was coughing up blood and because of all the fluids that I'd built up. So yeah, that was last August. So it's been quite a journey since. First of all, I want to express my sincere condolences for your loss. And I can only imagine how difficult it was grieving whilst then dealing with severe illness and all the symptoms and side effects that you were experiencing at that time. You said that when you first felt ill, you kind of pushed it to the back of your mind kind of thing. Quite often, that is something that I hear people say. And so I just wanted to explore that very quickly. For you, why did you push it to the back of your mind? Why didn't you get checked out at that time? I think a lot of it was, I don't know why, but there's, I just have this thing. I don't want to bother the doctor and I don't want to waste their time. And I'm sure it's nothing. And you just want it to be nothing as well. So you don't ever genuinely think it's going to be something serious. And also because the symptoms initially, feeling tired, you can put down the motherhood, being busy with work and everyone's tired. It's normal. And I felt cold a lot. But I've always felt the cold. I'll have the heating on in summer. 
was maybe more noticeable, but I thought, you know, I'm run down, so maybe that's why I'm feeling a bit more cold. I did see when I had this cough that didn't go away, I did speak to the doctor and I got an inhaler. I didn't tell them about anything else though, because I just didn't connect the dots. The inhaler did help with the breathlessness. So just sort of put that to one side. The sneaky thing about kidney disease, I think, is there's lots of little things that build up that you can put down to other things. Yeah, it might just be normal life that you're tired. But I think if it's just tired because you've got a busy life, you can maybe see if you can get an afternoon to yourself and get some rest and you'll feel better. But it's different with kidney disease. It doesn't go away. Like it's always there. You can get a really early night's sleep and you'll still feel like you've not had a wink of sleep the next morning. And I think it's just listening to your body that's really important. I think I probably knew deep down there was something not right, but I just didn't want to bother anyone. and. I didn't want to believe it was something serious. I think that's really important that we have this discussion about this specifically because, like you said, kidney disease kind of presents itself in a way that you wouldn't associate it with yeah. kidney disease. I mean, like yeah. you said, when you feel tired, you don't automatically think, oh, my kidneys are in trouble. You think I'm yeah. down or I've got anemia or you think of a whole reason, especially if you've got young children, you don't automatically think about your kidneys. And then like you said, there's lots of different things and you ignore lots of different things. But actually, when you put them all together, all these little things add up to a lot. And I think it's important that for everyone listening, that if you are experiencing these little things in speech marks, do get yourself checked out because your body's speaking to you. And it's telling you something, you don't know what's going on, just get it checked out because you never yeah. know. When I look back now, there were so many telltale signs. Now I know, but I just put them to one side. I just dismissed it. I think when you are age, you don't think that anything significant is going to happen. You think you're invincible. You don't really believe that anything bad's going to happen to you. So it just doesn't even occur to you. And this is why we continue to raise awareness so that people know what to look for so they can take action. So if you're feeling this way, just for that peace of mind, the doctor is there to help. Don't feel like you're putting the doctor out or anything like that. Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, that's it. Because I think I've known for years how to tell the signs of breast cancer. It's really normal. It's a really common thing that young women are taught to look out for. And I would love it to be the same for kidney disease. It's so common, you know, it affects so many people. And it's a simple blood test that can determine if it's that or not, or something else. And it's really not wasting anyone's time. Absolutely. So after essentially crash landing into kidney disease, having your diagnosis of vasculitis and going through being in an induced coma, being in the hospital for a month, Did they start you on dialysis straight away or was that something that came later on? So I started on dialysis as an inpatient while I was in hospital. I had a number of treatments. So I had dialysis, I had um, a plasma exchange as well, or a plasma exchange course. And I was really, really fortunate. So after going into intensive care, I had the plasma exchange and they managed to get my kidney function back up to over 15%. 
So it went from 2% to over 15%. So following that, when I was discharged, I've not had any further dialysis. So I'm currently at 17%. It has been sort of hovering. It had gone up earlier in the year and it's gone down a little bit. But at the moment, I don't have any dialysis. I'm still under the renal team. I still have regular tests and checkups. And moving forward, they're looking to refer me for live donor transplant. Once it's been 12 months since diagnosis, hopefully that all goes ahead. It means I'll be able to avoid dialysis. I think it's important that people know that actually if you start dialysis, that doesn't mean that you will stay on it. Some people stay on dialysis, but actually some people like yourself actually get improvement through the process of dialysis and are actually able to come off it. And I think it actually is the first time I've spoken with somebody on the podcast who has had that experience. So I think it's important that people do know that that is actually possible. So for you, you had the plasma exchange, you had dialysis sessions. So how many dialysis sessions or over the course of how many weeks were you actually on dialysis? Not many. I only had them as an inpatient because by the time I was discharged, I was way above the threshold for having dialysis. So I started just before I was put in the induced coma. While I was in the coma, I had the plasma exchange and I once I woke up, I had some more and that's it. There wasn't any need. I think I had three or four dialysis sessions in total. And that was it. I think it's good for people to know that dialysis can actually do that for people, that you can actually have a few sessions and then your kidney function increases to the point where you don't need to be on dialysis anymore. And again, I know that's not the case for everyone, but your proof that it happens for some people. Yeah, I think at the time when I was in hospital, I didn't really understand what was happening to me. I had no prior knowledge of kidney disease and what a kidney patient's journey might be like. I had absolutely no idea. And it's only sort of since then that I've read a lot of other patient stories and I'm actually really blessed. I'm, I'm really lucky. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, everything could have been a lot worse. I'm really lucky. And I think I've had some quite difficult times sort of coming to terms with what happened. And you know, it's a really horrible thought to think. I remember going into intensive care and I was thinking of my kids and what if they don't grow up to see their mum and I remember seeing my parents crying and it was a really difficult time and you know I've had some quite I guess like dark times since that time coming to terms with that but I also think well God gave me a new lease of life and I'm here and I'm really blessed and I feel like okay what else have you got for me you gave me that come on what else have you got I want to feel stronger because of it So what has helped you come to terms with having kidney disease? I did initially, I did have some counselling. Personally, I don't think I got that much from the sessions, to be honest. I think that's just a personal thing. I joined some of the support groups online, you know, on social media, on Facebook. I spoke to Kidney Care UK for sort of practical advice. And there's a, a vasculitis charity as well that spent some time giving me practical advice and just telling me their story as well. To have a conversation with someone else who'd been through something similar was really refreshing. And to know that 
the way that I was feeling was normal. I think you put on a brave face. You've seen your family suffer because of you and that's really difficult. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things is to know that my family have suffered because of, of this. And so it's difficult to talk to them because I don't want them to worry anymore. So to have conversations with you, to see other stories, and I've got an amazing renal team as well, to have their support, you think, okay, I can do this. And I've got a lot of support. And there are times when it's difficult, but I think there's days when I feel good and I feel strong and I feel like, weirdly, I feel empowered. You know, I feel like I was given that challenge and I've come through that, I've come the other side. And I feel actually I'm, I'm stronger for it. There's that expression that says different horses for different courses. And so yeah. counselling may work really well for someone and exactly. not yeah. work so well for another. And I guess it's being brave enough to kind of say, well, this isn't working for me and yeah. then to pursue what does. And I'm glad that you found a way that worked for you where you yeah. can get the support. And I understand what you're saying. It's like, your family are there for you, they love you, and but you want to talk to people who understand it, who are going through it, worn the yeah. t-shirt and yeah. getting that comfort and support from people who really know what you're going through because they're going through it as well. Yeah, and you also want to protect your family a little bit from them knowing those feelings. I don't want to hurt them anymore, so I wouldn't choose to talk to them on my darkest days and feeling particularly upset about it one day I wouldn't want to burden them with it but I know that there's other people that are there to talk to Kidney Care UK is one of them. A strategy that I use because my children were quite young when I got my diagnosis and I did a scale from one to ten one feeling terrible ten meaning I'm absolutely fine and so when they asked me how you're feeling today rather than give details I would just give them a number and then they would know oh you know, if the number's really low, then I need to rest. And that's what I would explain to them. And I just found that a bit easier than actually saying, I feel terrible or whatever I was feeling like that. Because, yeah, you do feel like you want to protect your family, but at the same time, they still need to know what you're going through so that they can support you. It's a difficult balance sometimes, but that was one of the strategies that I used back. Well, even now, I still use it, to be fair. So for anyone listening who is early on in their journey, so for someone that's newly diagnosed with kidney disease, what from your experience so far as a kidney warrior would you like to share with them in terms of advice? You're not alone, first of all. It can feel like a really lonely place where you are right now. And no question is silly you know ask whatever question you want whether that's to you your renal team or whether it's on social media you know one of the kidney groups on social media just ask because there's a lot of support there and there's a lot of people who've lived that experience and are living that experience and they can offer that support to you whether it's virtually or through a support group or just reach out if you need to don't be on your own don't think that you have to be on your own And yeah, just keep talking to people. And, you know, I think the other thing is the way you're feeling right now, that won't last forever. The way I feel today is different to how I felt six months ago. There's definitely a journey. 
I don't think your health journey is linear. I don't think you get better and it's just like that. You're just constantly getting better. I think you get better and then you might have a dip and then you climb back up and you get better again. That's okay. Just roll with those days. Just accept that and keep on pushing. So I know that you've been paying it forward in terms of raising awareness of kidney disease and also fundraising with your partner, Brendan. So I'm going to invite Brendan to join us in the interview to talk about what you've been doing in terms of fundraising and what you're planning to do in the very near future. So welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast, Brendan. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. So tell me about what you've got planned in terms of fundraising for Kidney Care UK. So yeah, so I had quite a few ideas for Kidney Care UK kind of fundraising event, but one that I thought would probably be the most effective is football. I play football quite regularly. So we decided to do a football charity game to bring awareness to Kidney Care UK. There were several locations we were looking at, Chester being one of them, Chester Football Ground. Unfortunately, they couldn't host it there due to kind of the times of the season and how close it is to their season starting again. But they did say that they would help in terms of any donations needed, which is really kind of them. So where the kind of event will take place is called Cheshire Counter Offices in Chester. And they've kindly agreed to kind of host the event, which is really nice of them. So it's going to be 11 a side game where each team will wear Kidney Care UK kind of t-shirts, which has been provided by Kidney Care, which is nice. So you'll come down, it's kind of usual football game, 90 minutes. You have like 15 minutes half time, where in that time, I think we probably just kind of talk to everyone a bit and just kind of have a speak to people around if they're aware about Kidney Care UK and just kind of get more kind of leverage on and coverage on that there. And then we'll do the second half. And then after that, we'll talk about kind of like the fundraising and what we've raised so far. And we've also got a Just Giving page as well, which we've set up to kind of help with the fundraising part of things. So at the end of the game, we'll kind of discuss all that. I think it's a big thing and I think it's just our way of giving back to a good cause. Like I said, I wasn't really familiar with the cause until the situation happened with Laura. So it's something that means a lot to me and it'd be nice to probably see how it goes now. And if it's something that we can do regularly, probably twice a year, I'd definitely be happy with that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it and I think it would be a, a good event for a good cause. That is absolutely fantastic. And so listeners, I'm putting the link for the just giving page in the description box. So please do click on the link and let's get behind this event and support. It's an amazing cause. It really warms my heart that you're paying this forward and doing this to raise awareness and funds for such a worthy charity. I wanted to leave the final word with you, Laura. What final words of encouragement or advice do you have for the listeners? Yeah, I just want to say to anyone that's out there with kidney disease, like whatever stage you're at, none of us asked for this to be inflicted. It's not your fault. This is just, it's cruel, but your life isn't over. Use this to make you stronger. You've got it within you. We as kidney patients, we endure some really difficult times. And I think you should be proud of yourselves for going through this and Be encouraged by that. You're stronger than you realise. Thank you so much for joining me, for sharing your story, for sharing such powerful advice and also for the work that you're doing in terms of raising awareness of kidney disease, fundraising. Thank you so much. 
you are absolutely amazing thank Thank you. you thank you for having us thank you for listening to diary of a kidney warrior podcast and don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle diary of a kidney warrior please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend new episodes of this podcast are released every other monday until next time take care and choose to live diary of a kitty warrior sharing faith knowledge hope and love